This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, February 9th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, RICO moves forward with school district detachment and annexation, the special characters of the tech industry, lift nine looking fine, and a mountain weather forecast. RICO, the Telluride School District, and the Dolores School District have taken the first step towards RICO leaving Dolores and joining Telluride. When residents or households or land in one school district move out of that district, that is detachment. That's Madeline Tangway, spokesperson for the RICO Planning Committee. When residents, households, or land that were not previously in one school district move into that district, that is annexation. Earlier this year, both school districts agreed to form a committee, a requirement by the Colorado Department of Education, to study the possibility of detachment and annexation. The committee includes six members with individuals appointed by the Telluride and Dolores school districts and each district's accountability group. Over the past few years, both current superintendents, Ty Gray of Dolores County School District and John Pandolfo of Telluride School District, have had discussions about potential detachment and annexation and recent advocacy by RICO residents. That's really what's driven us to where we are now. The conversation arose in part through the topic of school choice. In Colorado, students are not required to go to their home district school. RICO is part of the Dolores School District with their home district school in Dove Creek, but a number of the students in RICO attend Telluride schools. However, they're not guaranteed a spot. Based on things like class size and staffing, the Telluride School District could tell out-of-district students they don't have the capacity to accept their enrollment. If RICO becomes part of the Telluride School District, they will have the automatic right to attend Telluride schools. The newly formed planning committee is charged with determining if it's the right choice for RICO to join Telluride. Really, I think all parties involved just want to do what is best for the kids of RICO. Um, I think securing education for RICO kids is of the utmost importance. And what we will be looking at is both affected school districts and what what is best for the kids. But Tangway notes the committee is still in the very beginning stages. At this point, we are really just researching and exploring the overall topic of detachment and annexation. We have a lot of work to do, but we're really excited to learn more. She adds communicating with the public will be a large part of their work. If the committee recommends detachment and annexation, it will need to go to a vote and be approved by residents of both the Dolores and Telluride school districts. The RICO Planning Committee will hold its next meeting on Wednesday, March 1st at RICO Town Hall. The community is welcome to attend. Those with questions can also reach out to the committee at kidsofrico at gmail.com. Lori Siegel has always been drawn to the corner stories. Ever since I was in high school, I remember I was editor of my school newspaper. I had this column called Spotlight where I could spotlight anyone. And as a high schooler, you think you'd go and you could spotlight a star athlete or someone cool or something like that. And I was obsessed with 
what I, I joke were like corner stories, um, people who were lesser known or misunderstood. And so I would spotlight, um, God, the library lady, her name was Annabelle, like who was like ancient. She was like so old. And, uh, and I always just thought she probably had biblical secrets. And I remember spotlighting um, my track coach at the time, who was also old. Maybe I just really loved older folks. It was as she interviewed that coach that her future as a journalist was sealed. I remember him opening up to me during our interview about, um, about a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. And it was just a super honest moment that for me, um, at the time, as someone who was a young journalist, just this moment of, of watching kind of this curtain fall down and someone talking about, you know, fighting in the war, falling in love, struggling with this illness. It was just this incredible moment. And I remember thinking to myself, well, I want to do this the rest of my life. Siegel took that experience with her to CNN as a young news assistant in 2008. I started out in the newsroom, miking up guests and helping producers produce stories. But you have to remember, this was um, the recession. Barack Obama was elected president of the United States. And there were all these crazy things that were happening at this time uh, to be to be a part of a breaking newsroom. But for Siegel, she was drawn to a particular beat, technology. The iPhone had come out a couple of years before the app store had launched. And because we were in a recession, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily cool to go to Wall Street anymore. And there was this creative class of entrepreneurs who were just like coding ideas into the hands of millions of people. And they felt a little bit punk rock at the time. They were different. They didn't do things by the book. And I think for me, it was, um, it was just this beginning of this new era of people who thought differently and said, well, we don't need to do things because they're, they are how they should be. We can do things in a different way. Conversations with the heads of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and countless others were the beginning of a thriving career. And the subject of her new book, Special Characters, My Adventures with Tech Titans and Misfits. Siegel will bring her book to Telluride next week for the latest installment of Authors Uncovered, a collaborative series between the Wilkinson Public Library and between the Covers Bookstore. Siegel acknowledges that moment in time when now tech giants were, in their own way, the corner stories of society, is complicated. It's like you watch the minnows become the shark. Siegel remembers a moment interviewing Travis Kalanick, founder of Uber, for the first time. This is at South by Southwest, and he shows up in this cowboy hat, cowboy boots, and, a, and this kind of renegade personality. Um, and I remember thinking at the time, like, he's going to do something really interesting or he's going to mess it all up. Like, probably nothing in between. Sure enough, years later, Uber had grown. It was worth billions of dollars. Kalanick was at CNN for an interview. And it was the same month that two women had been assaulted in Ubers. And they, they clearly had a safety issue because they had grown to so quickly. And they, they um, you know, and, and they hadn't taken certain steps for safety. And I remember asking him about this. And there was this moment where he looked at me and he said, Lori, what? And he said, Lori. And he started taking off his microphone and he said, I didn't think this was that kind of interview. And I was like, what kind of interview? And he's like, a gotcha interview. And I remember this because I was always so um, incredibly interested in the people that people didn't pay attention to. And for so long, those were these startups. And now they were becoming, quote, the man, right? And because of that, all these complicated questions came along with that. And as soon as I started asking them, a lot of these things, you know, some of them 
some of the founders were really willing to step up and, and have these conversations and others were not. And he almost walked away from the interview. And I remember walking him out. He didn't end up walking away from the interview, but it was a very tense interview. I never did an interview with him after that. Um, and I, I remember one of the security guards at CNN, who was my favorite, his name was Gary. He, he said to me as, as Travis was leaving, he said, is everything okay? And I remember looking back at him and saying, honestly, I'm not sure. Siegel says she became less interested in the individuals at the center of the big tech companies and more interested in the new corner stories. So I was doing a lot on, you know, interviewing victims of non-consensual pornography, uh, people who are victims of revenge porn and certain types of harassment. I, you know, even up until like a, a year ago, I'm out interviewing uh, folks about conspiracy theories and whatnot. So I've always kind of viewed myself as a uh, as someone who will roll up my sleeves and understand those corner stories, because the corners always become the center to some degree. Lori Siegel will be at the Wilkinson Public Library for the Authors Uncovered Special Characters Book Talk on Monday, February 13th at 5.30 p.m. Nearly a year after it shut down, the new Lift 9 reopened on Thursday. KOTO's Gavin McGough was there for opening day and has this report. It's February 9th, and I'm at the top of the new chairlift 9. A couple inches of powder came in overnight, but that's become a bluebird day. Wilson, Lizardhead, and El Diente are looking sharp in the distance. People are in costumes. People are pouring up the lift and down the mountain. And uh, let's see what they have to say about the new chair. It's shiny, it's fast, it gets you there much quicker so you can do more skiing. Yeah. Very into it. But yeah, this is awesome, right? Great day in Telluride. My name is Maureen, I'm from Boston. This lift is like getting on a limousine. That's what it felt like. We left Telluride. It doesn't get much better than this. We've been waiting for this lift for a long time. Our last name is End, E-N-D, Bob and Trish, and we are from here in the wintertime. Yeah, we love uh, the new lift. Been riding this for many years and been waiting for this. It's a good. I just came over from Aspen and I, I like the crowd here a little bit better. Seems like there's more uh, naturalists here, some uh, purists. So about to about to rip it. It's gonna be fun. Everybody's having. Everybody's happy. Everybody's smiling. Everybody's psyched. You know, open lift nine on on the ninth. Perfect, right? Ryan Mahoney from uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Nat Breeder. Nat Breeder. Yeah. Uh, I'm Pete, and some people know me as DJ Wombat. Only being new here at five and a half years of living in Telluride, all the people who value the old Chairlift 9, the nostalgia and the history there is definitely not to be forgotten and always respected. But this is great too. My name is Daryl. We're enjoying the hike twos, but it's pretty sweet to get a quick lap in here and there. Um, well, the seats are very comfy. We know that. Um, uh, Bruce Gaynor. I really liked that it was so slow <laughs> so I could rest every time and do my business on the way up and then now it's so now I'm gonna be hurt always because <laughs> it's so so much more skiing but that's a good thing to complain about so oh my legs are already tired it's so fast Joshua Phillips I live in Norwood, Colorado. Nice. What's your favorite way down? Can't make them. Spiral stairs. LP. I just want to ski. Can't make them. Spiral stairs. LP. 
Sometimes the most important topics of conversation are the hardest, but the Wilkinson Public Library is offering a space to make those tough conversations hopefully a little easier. Next week, the library is hosting another of its Community conversation series to discuss everything from mental health and substance use disorder to sex education for parents, advocacy against sexual assault, community diversity, equity and inclusion, and LGBTQIA conversations. The conversations will take place in two parts. The first will be a presentation on the topic from experts in the area. The panels will include representation from members of the community. The second half will be a Q&A for those in attendance. Organizers note participants are welcome to speak and share their experiences, but they add individuals are also welcome to join. Simply listen and take a brochure or piece of information. The next community conversation will take place on Monday, February 13th at 5.30 p.m. at the library. The conversation topic will be LGBTQIA youth needs and allyship training. Wolves are on the mind in Colorado in 2023. This year, Colorado Parks and Wildlife is working to finalize its wolf reintroduction plan. After Colorado voters supported reintroducing wolf populations to the state in a 2020 ballot measure. However, there are already wolves in Colorado's wilderness who have migrated here naturally. Many of them are being monitored by CPW. Earlier this month in North Park, Colorado, two such wolves were spotted by the public and were captured and re-tagged. CPW says the two wolves were sedated after recreators reported sightings. Tranquilized by a team in a helicopter, CPW was then able to collar both animals so rangers can monitor and learn from their behavior going forward. One of the wolves had been previously collared and known to CPW, but the collar had been damaged in the field and was no longer working. Residents who spot a wolf are encouraged to fill out a wolf sighting form at cpw.state.co.us so wildlife rangers are able to better track and understand Colorado wolf populations going forward. President Joe Biden laid out his vision for America in his State of the Union address on Tuesday. KOTO's Lucas Brady Woods reports Colorado Democrats are endorsing his message. In his speech, President Biden offered up some areas of potential bipartisanship, but he also leaned into Democratic priorities like an assault weapons ban and a billionaire's tax. Colorado Democrats, like Representative Chris DeGray Kennedy, are focused on Biden's economic vision. President Biden laid out a pretty bold and yet common sense agenda for how we can expand economic opportunities for people across this country. I think he touted his track record for the last two years, which he has a lot to talk about. The economy is in a pretty strong place right now, at least in terms of the low unemployment rate. Kennedy also praised Biden's goals for paid family leave and capping the price of certain life-saving medications. He said Biden offered a path for Republicans to work with Democrats. But Colorado Republicans say any calls for bipartisanship were undermined by Biden's open criticism of the GOP. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods at the state capitol. The Durango School District has a number of programs to serve its city's Hispanic families. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Clark Adamitis of KSUT and KSJD brings us the story of an after-school program for bilingual children. Estamos en un libro. We are in a book. Twenty students sit in a circle in the school library at Park Elementary. These students are as young as five all the way to fifth graders. Geraldo? Yes, Gerald? 
After a day of school, time on the playground, and some snacks, these kids are learning to read. Teachers recite each page in Spanish and then in English. What books are you guys reading? Comiendo y arcoiris, eating the rainbow. Michelle and Abril are third graders. They switch from English to Spanish easily and naturally. And they're excited about what they're reading. The book club is so important for me because we get to practice with adults or reading to see how we can improve. And I can get better at reading longer words and at Spanish. When we are doing the read aloud, we are trying to be super fun with expressions as well. Gabby Rico Alvarez is the bilingual parent liaison for the Durango 9R district. The Bilingual Book Club is one of several programs she's launched for Spanish-speaking and bilingual students. In the last year, she's collected dozens of children's books for the program. All these books are bilinguals, different uh, authors, some of them are from Latin America and some are from United States. The Hispanic population in Durango has fluctuated over the past few decades, but hovers at around 1,500 people. When it comes to public education, it's a small but significant population with particular needs. Alvarez is focused on serving Spanish-speaking and bilingual families. Sonia Ortiz is one of the parents here, and she loves that her child has this learning opportunity. It's a lesson for our children, she says. It seems like something wonderful to me, because our children can learn many more things apart from their daily school routine. Another parent here this afternoon played an important role in starting the club. Beatriz Garcia works for the La Plata Food Equity Coalition. During the pandemic, we realized that the kids that didn't have the support they needed, they couldn't do their homeworks at home because the parents can't speak in English. Garcia helped Gabby Rico Alvarez start the club less than a year ago. She reflects on the difficulty she faced learning English. So I am originally from Mexico um, and I grew up speaking Spanish and I want to continue that with my own kids and I wanted to support other kids in this community that they can learn um, a new language. I am so impressed about like how much it took me to learn English and see the kids that they can learn so much easier than us <laughs> as an adult. Okay, all together. The children in this classroom are growing up between cultures. There's the language of their parents, and there's the dominant language of the community. The Bilingual Book Club helps these kids move fluidly and fluently between both worlds. For KSUT and KSJD, I'm Clark Adamitis. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low around 5 degrees, and wind chill values as low as negative 10. Friday should be sunny during the day and mostly clear at night with a high near 45 degrees and a low around 20. Saturday expect partly sunny skies with a high in the mid-40s, Saturday night should be mostly cloudy with a low around 20. This has been the news for Friday, February 9th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, Call the news team at 970-728-3206. 
And now, a personal commentary. Hello, Kodo listeners. Do you have a child between the ages of zero and eight? Join Bright Futures and Wilkinson Public Library on Tuesday, February 14th from 1130 to 1230 for a very special support group featuring parent and child yoga. Please participate with or without your child. Fun holiday crafts and snacks will be provided. See you there and happy Valentine's Day. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.